Hey there, and welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one spare page of Talmud a day. Because on today's pages, Nadarim 3 and 4, we begin by asking kind of a weird question that may sound like it's not about much, but trust me, as this tractate continues, as it grows, you will see why this discussion is so important. So let us familiarize ourselves with a fascinating term that features pretty prominently in the Bible, at least in some of its most famous stories, and will delight us in future days and weeks to come. The question of the Nazir. Apropos the discussion of intimations of vows, the Gemara asks, and where are intimations of vows written, i.e. from where in the Torah is the halacha of intimations of vows derived? The Gemara explains that it is from the verse when a man or a woman shall clearly utter a vow the vow of a Nazarite, Nazir, to consecrate Lehazir himself to the Lord. And it was taught in the Baraita that the double term Nazir Lehazir serves to render substitutes for the language of Nazarite vows like Nazarite vows and intimations of Nazarite vows like Nazarite vows. Now that sounds like a very complicated passage. And the Gemara then goes on to basically ask the question, well, why are we looking at Nazirs, at people who had taken this vow, more about which in a second, separately than all other matters of vows and intimations. To answer this question, we first have to figure out what exactly is the Nazir and how did it inspire perhaps the Bible's greatest action movie. And to answer that question, our dear friend, Rabbi, Dr. Straight out of Modi'in, Israel, and Yeshiva University Strauss Center, Stu Halpern. Welcome back, my friend. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be back. Now, before we even get to the Bible's most famous Nazir, before you regale us with great stories, tell us this. What is a Nazir and why is today's page so obsessed with this concept of the Nazarite vow? So, well, I'm so glad you mentioned that I'm coming to you live from Modi in Israel, because not 20 minutes from here is actually the site of great historical importance to the Jewish people. I mean, of course, there is an absolutely wonderful IKEA in Beit Shemesh, <laughs> not 20 minutes away, where one can buy wonderful DIY couches and tables and chairs. But I kid, I kid. There is also... And by the way, when one is done, one does take a vow on the subject of vows. I will never get back here again. This is a horrible place. And then one breaks that vow, but that is for a different day's discussion. It is actually where one goes to have their soul sucked. But at the very uh, least, as you leave, you can have kosher Swedish meatballs. Back to what you actually asked me. The reason I bring up Beit Shemesh is because nearby lived a famous Nazarite. So uh, Nazir is someone who is not meant to drink wine, is meant to abstain from being close to a dead body, and is to grow his or her hair very long. And so we actually have a tale in the Bible of a Nazarite who is designated as such in his mother's womb. That, of course, is Samson or Shimshon in Hebrew. He is the Bible's first antihero, a genre of uh, action movies and TV shows that uh, we moderns seem to have invented in the past 20 years or so can actually be found in the very pages of our Tanakh. Samson, of course, grew up around Beit Shemesh. Okay, so just so we see that we understand, the Talmud in today's pages tell us basically, guys, slow down when you talk about these Nazarite vows. They're very, very important. This is why the Bible uses a double term, Nazir Lahazir, like really making us slow down and think about 
this vow. So this vow basically is a vow that someone takes, or in Samson's case, someone takes for him, and basically it says, okay, I will now basically consecrate myself to God, right? I will not enjoy wine, and I will not shave my hair. I will be in this state of purity. Uh, was this a common thing? Is this something that the rabbis looked upon nicely or kindly, or, or was this problematic? So it's actually a very rare thing, because it's a very restrictive thing. It's someone taking upon themselves, or in Samson's case, uh, being taken upon him by his mother at the direction of an angel, one is meant to withstand from things that normally, at least under moderation, one can consume or partake in. So the rabbis generally, despite what you may assume, were big fans of being involved in the world and enjoying, albeit with moderation, all that God has given us on this wonderful earth. So they were not exactly encouraging of people becoming Nazarites, but should one decide to become one, there were certain rules and restrictions in place, which Samson was bound to. Uh, I put in scare quotes because uh, if one knows his tale, he seems to have, let's just say, bent the rules ever so slightly pretty often when it came to, let's say, I don't know, killing a Philistine or two or 300. To those of us who haven't watched this movie in a while, uh, so there he is, famously has his hair which is the source of his power, cut down by Delilah, and then in his wrath goes on and brings the Philistine temple down with himself and everyone else in it in the last minute of the movie. Exactly. So uh, rather shockingly, this Nazarite, this person who took on very specific strictures and proceeded to break many of them, uh, actually and strangely has resonated throughout American history. So uh, in our nation's pre-revolutionary status, amid the Stamp Act crisis, Sam Adams, before he was a beer, saw what were to become revolutionary efforts through the lens of Samson. He said, the Sons of Liberty, animated with a zeal for their country then upon the brink of destruction and resolved at once to save her, or like Samson, to perish in the ruins, exerted themselves with such vigor as made the house of Dagon, that Philistine god that you just mentioned, shake from its very foundation. In other words, Sam Adams saw the colonists trying to create America as undertaking the efforts, the strenuous, maybe even borderline suicidal efforts of Samson. And uh, if that's not enough, Thomas Jefferson, he kind of a kind of a not not a yid, but a, but an interesting reader of the Bible who notoriously cut out the parts that he didn't like. Uh, he actually liked Samson. He particularly took an affinity to Samson as a teen. Why? Because Samson ended up seduced, or at the very least bothered uh, and seduced at the same time by Delilah, uh, femme fatale, if you will, who eventually had his hair shorn, thus leading to his aforementioned self-destruction. Jefferson, uh, young Jefferson, that is, actually suffered at the hands of another femme fatale, namely his mother. And so in his journals, he wrote often in his private journals of his struggles with his mother relating to them through the prism of being or feeling like a young, lonely, troubled Samson himself. Fascinatingly, the, the fixation of this Nazarite in the American national consciousness actually it's extends in fascinating ways to the black community as well. There's a recent and excellent book by Nyasha Jr. and Jeremy Shipper called Black Samson, The Untold Story of an American Icon, in which they mention that in the struggle against slavery, the struggle for abolition, Samson was a figure who had shaken the Temple of Liberty and brought down a, a temple around him who resonated in the minds of abolitionists. So John Brown, he of the raid, for the recounting that, I, you could watch the show on, uh, I think it's Hulu. Mm -hmm. um, but before he starred on Hulu, 
he was a freedom fighter, albeit an, an extremist, to be sure. John Brown, writing before his raid, wrote as follows, I expect to effect a mighty conquest, even though it be like the last victory of Samson. After he was arrested, he actually wrote in his journals of himself, quote, he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the land of the Philistines. Seeing his struggle to free America of its worst impulses, the scourge of slavery as a Samson-like quest. When he was eventually executed, Frederick Douglass referred to John Brown as follows. He said, like Samson, he has laid his hands upon the pillars of this great national temple of cruelty and blood. And when Frederick Douglass one might say, of blessed memory, he passed away. The president of Howard University lamented the passing of Douglas by saying that he himself was a Samson of freedom in America. And so continually throughout our story, there's Nazarite, a very particular halakhic category of someone who takes upon themselves vows of, of certain levels of abstinence has inspired the imagination of Americans fighting in restrictive contexts for a brighter, freer America, knowing all along that that struggle might very well take their very lives. So American history throughout is rife with references to this very unique character, Samson, who took this very unique vow, the Nazarite vow, which the Talmud today tells us is a special category of vow, and more on it in days and weeks to come as we continue to study so Halpern, thank you so much for being our guest. No problem. And I assume, Leal, that you're just going to grow your hair out like a hockey playoff beard. You're going to take a Nazarite uh, vow upon yourself to as long as we're learning this Masechet, your hair is going to grow. And I expect to see those muscles expand sooner rather than later. My friend, I would have said yes to all if it weren't for the prohibition against consuming wine, which I'm afraid I am not strong enough to take. All right, you're out. The quickest Nazarite vow ever. This has been Take One. If you enjoy the show, and I hope you do, please go and rate and review us on iTunes or whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Each week, we will be releasing new episodes Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly portion of Dafyomi. Take One is a Tablet Studios production. The show is hosted by me, Leah Leibowitz, and is produced and edited by Daron Rusquet and Quinn Waller. Our team also includes Stephanie Butnick, Josh Cross, Mark Oppenheimer, Sarah Fredman-Ader, Robert Scaramuccia, and Tanya Singer. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash takeone or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. You can find us on Twitter at takeone.fiomi or join our Facebook group by searching for Take One Podcast. I hope we have made your day a little more Talmudic and we will see you again soon.